Crescendo Studio presents The Way Through. In this series, we interview established players in the New Zealand music industry to find out what they do, how they do it, and how they can help emerging musicians and producers on their way through. This podcast was funded thanks to Recorded Music New Zealand. So welcome to the podcast, Keegan and Spati. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank you very much for being here. Thank you for having us. I guess, well, we like to start off with just by introducing you. You guys are graduates, that, or what we, we call you alumni from our program. But yeah, introduce yourselves. Uh, kia ora, my name is Keegan, uh, but I go by the name Velveteen Shakes. And I make funky, rocky fusion music. And Dave is my best friend. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, my name is Sapati, but I go by Pati AF. And I am a singer, songwriter, and yeah, I do alternative funk and R&B. That's my jams at the moment. Amazing. The purpose of this podcast is that we're trying to, trying to appeal to artists like yourselves. So we've been interviewing um, some, some pretty big names from like uh, record execs, big producers. Uh, we've got a lawyer coming on uh, who is also an artist. But the, the whole purpose of, of the podcast is we're trying to give, I guess, artists a head start. So when you think of like that whole kaupapa of us trying to give you guys the best start, think about like some of the stuff that you guys have learned through Crescendo. What are some of the, uh, I guess, important lessons that you still carry on in your careers today? <laughs> there is a lot like how to use logic <laughs> as, <laughs> as taught by David Artai how to know when to do more vocal takes as taught by David Artai. Uh, <laughs> you don't have to keep it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I've been with you guys since I was in high school. So it's kind of hard to remember like specific things because it's kind of been ongoing, like so many things, just like the ways to navigate the industry and like who to contact about getting your single prepped for release and stuff like that, you know, recording a demo that makes it not sound bad. <laughs> the list goes on and on. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think one of the biggest things that I learned from David Atai <laughs> is recording etiquette. As a vocalist, you get ran into the ground in recording sessions. Yeah. I think you really prepped me for that because a lot of engineers do this thing where you get in this, the booth and then they make you do take after take after take. When I was in the recording studio with you, you would always tell me exactly what needs to be different on each take. And so because I knew that that's what you were asking for from me, when it got to like, when it gets to three takes and they still haven't told me what needs to be different, I always ask like, what is it that you're exactly looking for? Because I learned that yeah. that's what a good engineer is supposed to do. Yeah. So it's not just about like me and what I, how I carry myself or like doing things like an ad lib take where you do what you normally do and then mm. an ad-lib take where you just go do something really, really different. So small things like that, I think I learned from Crescendo. And I was telling Lisa just before, when you write music, it's really personal to you. Well, for me anyway. It comes from like a lot of trauma and a place of real sadness and, you know, tragedy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, and that's not something that you can really take lightly. Yeah. And I think you and Crescendo did a good job of just like, helping to uffy that, uffy the process and like support me through what was actually quite a sensitive time in my mm. life in order to get the best performance from that take. So yeah, I would say that. And events. Yeah. I think we did so many events. Yeah. yeah. And I think I got like, okay, this is what happens at an event. There's a stage manager. I take, have taken all those things to this day. Like the last show that I did, we brought on a producer, brought on a stage manager, made sure that the people who sponsored the event, had their separate spaces to like feel, yeah, yeah. you know, important. Yeah. So those are like just a few that I can think of, yeah. of the lessons that I learned. You know, like the way you phrase that kind of leads to one of the questions that Rita and I were kind of discussing and it was what has kind of happened after you decided to flourish on your own? Like something that has happened, I guess, that was different to what you expected with us. You know, we want to look after you guys. You know, so we make sure that, you know, everything is as good as we can get it. And there's a lot of care and stuff that goes into it. But when you do it on your own, what have been some of the differences? Like, what are some of the learnings behind that? Uh, yeah, that's oh, way more stressful. Let me open the book. <laughs> let me open the Bible. 
Yeah. The blood pressure increases significantly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Doing it on yeah. your own. Yeah. Head. There's like way more to juggle and organize. Yeah. I mean, Patty's got, Patty put on a show more recently, so she's been living that very fresh. It's, it's a lot, man. It's, yeah. it's a lot. Yeah. I think that Crescendo did a good job, A, of vetting the artists that you bring into the space. So like actually seeing who's here for the culture, who's here for the co-papa, making sure that they're safe people to be around. You can't do that in real life. Like yeah. it's really difficult to find out who is a safe person to work with. Like it's just yeah. like, especially when you're 21, like there's just no way of knowing. Yeah. Especially as a woman, there's been so many times when I've like gone into a session and it's scheduled at like 1130 and you mm -hmm. just know, you just know like what, what's really going on. If you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, that's Can, am I allowed yeah, to right. say that? Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. hundred percent. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 Or like, um, people, I don't know if I'm allowed to say, <laughs> but mm. like people just like saying they appreciate you for the artistry and then it's just like a completely different thing. It's just like, it really was quite a struggle when I first started. But now I think once you step away from that community that Crescendo's built, mm. the good thing that Crescendo taught is A, this culture of like reciprocity. So if you can't financially pay somebody something, right, you find other ways to support them. So for me, because I do video work, that would be like, oh, well, I'd love for you to be on board this gig if you're comfortable. I can't pay you X, Y, Z, but I can do this instead for you at another date or... Mm. And the good thing about that is it fosters a sense of community. Mm -hmm. So you don't feel like you're necessarily doing something for payback. Like you're doing it for this. You're doing it for the benefit of like everyone. Yeah. And once you find those people who are comfortable to do that and who you've set up those boundaries and created those communication channels with, you just build a stronger sense of people around you that kind of weed out the unsafe mm -hmm. practices, unsafe people. And of course, like everybody makes mistakes. Everybody learns along the way. Mm -hmm. Because I had that understanding of what it looks like, yeah. I could do it in my world. Yeah. Took a little while <laughs> to yeah. get there, but yeah, that's it's, where I'm it's at. Kind of, it's kind of the same as like the the expectations that it gives you of like a good engineer. Yeah, as it gives you the expectations of what's a good community to surround yourself with, and you know, good people to work with. Mm. Now, I, I know that like when you're in, I guess, supported environments, and then. You know, you have to go on your own, like kind of like on the, uh, on a similar topic, but what's been really hard for you to continue doing on your own and would you have done anything different to make that transition a little bit easier? For me, it's mostly a time thing, eh? Yeah. Um, like just finding the time with full-time work and finding the time to organize yourself to do these things when Working with Crescendo, it was more about flicking you a text and being like, "Hey, um, <laughs> I want to, I want to get you. in. Yeah, I want to get in the studio. Uh, when's good? You know, yeah. it's a lot simpler. Yeah, when yeah, when someone else is doing it for you. Whereas, yeah, if you've got to try and organize that stuff on your own, uh, not only is it about you know finding the time to do that, uh, it's also about finding the money to do that, which mm. is the biggest struggle. There's People I really want to work with, but I can't afford to, basically. Yeah. Which has been, you know, a bit stressful. Yeah, that's, that's, I would say that's the biggest like roadblock at yeah. the moment. That's really interesting. What about your, I, I call it the bandwidth, you know, just like mm -hmm. at the end of the day, how much energy do you have to give to creativity that's, amongst yeah. everything else? Against all good intentions. Yeah. I, I spend my working day in a music shop. And so I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go home. I'm going to, you know, record. And then I get home and I'm like, I want to sit down and have dinner and watch a movie or something, yeah. you know? So, yeah, it is kind of that mental bandwidth thing as well, like you're saying. Trying, it's, you know, you can't kind of force creativity. It kind of happens when it happens a lot of the time, I find. And a lot of the time that's at inconvenient times, like when you're out doing grocery shopping and you're like, oh, there's a song in my head. Let me just get that on my voice notes. Yeah, finding the time and energy is the, mm. it's kind of one of those resources that's difficult to allocate. Yeah. Interesting. It's 
Patty, what about you? Can you ask the question one more time, please? So it's been like, so, you know, like what's been, I guess, what's been a struggle to kind of maintain or sustain coming out of this supportive environment where, as Keegan mentioned, you know, like we, we would support with the work, the organization, the, you know, creating safe spaces and things like that. So, you know, what's been the hardest thing to maintain and what would you have done differently with us to make that transition a little bit easier? Right. I think the thing that people don't recognize when you're making music and when you're just recording and writing songs is that you are the leader of your own project. So Mm. you actually are the project manager. You're the leader. You have all the say. And so it does take, it does take a little bit of leadership skills in Mm. order to make sure that something gets across the line. You have to drive it. You have to drive it. Yeah. You have to drive it. I think I was lucky in the sense that I came on to Crescendo initially not to do music. I came on as a member of the staff, you know, in order to like as an intern, sorry, to film and stuff. And so I was already kind of well-versed in the system of like how things work or like the marketing comes first and then this comes second. And then you need to leave like a space in the timeline for ticket sales. And then the door needs to open up an hour before people, because it's going to take an hour for people to arrive. And like all the, all these things I saw the behind the scenes. And so I think for me, what I think I could have done better or something I could have taken a bit more advantage of is probably just stepping up a bit more and in those in that process, I think that a lot of girls find it difficult to be assertive and to like actually claim like, I know what I'm talking about. Mm. Like I actually know what I'm doing. I've done the training, like I have my degree, I have my, you know, like I've had the experience. Mm. And I think that for a lot of a lot of artists in general, right? When you get into a booking a venue, for example, the amount of times that I've been in a venue and somebody's just been like so condescending. And initially when I went into these spaces, because you already feel fucking mad to like go in there on your mm-hmm. own, like mm-hmm. and leading this project and you're the, you're the leader, you already feel kind of like, oh, like I don't really know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And then you do it enough times and you're like, no, they don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> and you're the one who's supposed to be asking the questions because you're paying their, like you're paying them yeah, to yeah. use their space. Yeah. So like, I think that's my biggest takeaway from that is just like owning. I know what I'm talking about. I yeah. know what I'm doing. And it's actually disrespectful to all of the people who got me here to not back myself, Yeah. to not back the guidance that I was given because if I say that I don't know what I'm doing or I don't know what I'm talking about, then that means that what they've taught me is just like gone out the window. So yeah, mm. that's the biggest thing I would I would mm. say. <laughs> yeah, I definitely that's a big one. That's a big, that's one. A big one. And it's so, so frustrating. <laughs> it is, you know? it is, yeah. Because I'm I'm looking at you and I'm going, okay, so you overcome it like through going through your own processes and yeah. like, okay, I've got to big myself up here. Yeah. For anyone else that doesn't quite have that amount of Not confidence. Yet. Yeah. It's yeah. like one spoiled opportunity or just like one bad experience. Yeah. That's tough. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. That's hard. But that's where the rest is important because I read this book recently and they were saying that resilience doesn't come through just like toughing it out. It actually comes mm-hmm. through taking the knock, resting, and then coming back with more energy next time. Yeah. So that's been another thing I think is like if something fails – process that it failed like process it grieve it and then rest and then come back and then you'll be stronger that way not just by trying to get through it yeah trust me i know (laughs) yeah Yeah, i think the idea that resiliency is just like powering through it Mm. is a really weird one because it's more about bouncing back i reckon you know yeah sometimes you got to take the l yeah that's right alpha learn and then you got to yeah exactly alpha Alpha learn yeah yeah (laughs) Well, it's only a failure if you don't learn from it, right? Exactly. Exactly. If you don't get up from it, then it's a failure. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, it's just a lesson. Exactly. Right? There we go. Yeah. Yeah. Duh. I also think like how many things you've gone through, how many different processes to get up to that stage and fail for that little thing. Exactly. Mm. But then there's so much that went into it, hopefully enough to make you go, oh, that that's not enough to fully knock me back. Exactly. Yeah. There's so many other wins mm. along the way, you know, yeah. you just got to look for them. So one of the questions that I had was on what you just spoke about is like when we first met, you know, you were, um, you were coming on board as an intern doing like a lot of vi- videography, mm. doing our photography. And I guess I wanted to share a little story before I asked the question. Oh, no. <laughs> no, it's a good one. Oh, okay. Well, I hope it is. <laughs> um, we were at a gig. We were doing a festival, uh, the 
Auckland Buskers Festival. Oh, yes. And we were in Henderson. And one of the artists who was meant to perform didn't show up. So we turned to Patsy and we were like, well, we actually, we were like, well, we need to fill 20 minutes. And then Patsy turns around and goes, oh, I can do that. And we were like, what? <laughs> like, what? No way. She was like, oh, like, I, call, call I can me do in, that. Call me in, coach. Well, <laughs> she was there for photography and Literally, that's all we knew about her. So she gets up on stage you know, and performs. And when she gets off, I was like, you're a singer now. <laughs> so I put the camera away. You're a singer. I was like, do you write your own songs? Do you write? And then immediately I almost started like carving her path for her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's absolutely right. I was like, wow. And like, I was like, you're a singer. <laughs> so oh. I was like, what the question I wanted to ask was like, when did you decide like, Yes, I'm going to make the change. Yeah. Like, I'm going to songwrite. I'm going to write my own songs. Did it hit you? Were you just yeah. like, meh, okay. Because that's how my know. career started. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Meh. Yeah. All right. Then. Yeah. Yeah. So nothing's changed with me. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I love that. He's like, yeah, it's like, meh, okay. And he's like, part of one of the, like, and make it back. One of the <laughs> founding bands <laughs> of New Zealand music. <laughs> What was the question again? Sorry. So it's like, what was, I guess, was it like a switch for you where you were just like, did you start, you know, like, I guess, believing in your voice? Did you mm. like, what was that? Because the, the reason why I want to ask is because for those, uh, I guess, that listen, sometimes we have these, you know, like these things in our, in our head, like these aspirations, should I yeah. say, but we never pursue them. Yeah. You know, and then, you know, I have ideas all the time, but what holds me back? Me. Mm. Mm. You know, so when did you start, you decide not to hold yourself back and go, you know, I'm going to do it. And what, what was that transition like? My cousin said that self-esteem is built not by bigging yourself up or like trying to like make yourself look a certain way or do these things. She said that self-esteem is built by making small decisions that you follow up with every yeah. single day so that you know, if I say I'm going to drink a glass of water today, I know that I'm going to do it because I said that I was going to do it and then yeah. I did it. Yeah. And so I think for me, the moment I knew I was a real singer was not like a, a big epiphany moment. It was more like a collection of those types of moments. Mm. So like when you asked me to come into the studio, when when you gave that moment to me at Buskers, I followed up and I in my brain I was like, no, I am going to do this. I am going to do this. Enough confidence to do, to do this. And Dave knows he's heard me sing and so I must be good. So then that moment there was like, okay, I, ba I backed myself yeah. to come up to you yeah. and to give you something. And that also respects your offer. Yeah. Like I didn't disrespect your offer of giving me that opportunity in the first yeah. place. And so I know yeah. I can trust myself to do both those things. And then once you get one ball rolling, it just gathers and it just yeah. gathers momentum. And all you have mm -hmm. to do is just do small things like, okay, well, at the next gig, I'm going to sing two new songs and not covers because yeah. there'd be times when I'd come to the cellar gigs and like yeah. half my set was covers yeah because I'm just too scared to put my songs out there yeah so it doesn't need to be like the next set is going to be all original music yeah the next set's going to be one extra song and it's going to be a song that I wrote or yeah. a song that my friend wrote yeah and then that just built 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 and then it got to 2020 and I had a full set and I was gigging regularly and like in the community and, you know, doing all this stuff. And so that's kind of how I, that was when that epiphany came at Sam V's gig. When I opened for them, that's when I was like, oh my gosh, I can look back now and I can see all of the little decisions that led to this moment. Mm. Where was that gig? That was at Tuning Fork. Mm. Yeah. So. Wicked. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of my process. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess for you, Keegan, You've been around music your whole life, haven't you? Yes. Yeah. It was. It was never really a uh, decision. Was it for a me choice? A, <laughs> it was never really a question for me. But I think it is a similar thing of those little moments that build up to it. There yeah. wasn't a conscious decision. I just, as long as I can remember, I know that I wanted to be. You know, music was my obsession, basically, and yeah. that's what I want to do. Nothing else really interests me in like a career kind of sense. It's a similar thing where it's, you know, those moments that build up to the decision of like, okay, yeah, I guess I'm, I'm fully in this. Yeah. I'm pursuing it. Yeah. You know? What's interesting in uh, like, is that you're not the only one who's like, you know, been raised around music and is pursuing it. Like 
I have, uh, I guess, friends in music that I've known for many, many years and that have been like started in music at the same time as me, right? Mm. But they're in the same situation as you where they've been around it their whole lives, but they're working to support their music yeah. rather than their music is supporting them, you know? So for you, at, at, I guess, at your age, like, do you feel like, you know, like it would have been easier if, you know, like you could sell CDs and stuff at the markets? Oh, and, right. It a, feels more tangible, you know. Oh, it yeah. feels Sorry. like there's something, something to like keep a track of. You know, this is what I'm selling. This is where the money is. Yeah. Um, you know, with streaming, I mean, you know, that's a that's a very uh, hotly contended subject at yeah. the moment. I yeah. mean, in America, they've got the you know writers' strike going on for the TV streaming services. Yeah, and it's the same kind of thing with music. I actually saw earlier today my friend Kristen, who is a great singer. You guys should all check out was, you know, celebrating that her last single had hit 60,000 streams on Spotify. And so she posted a story that she was saying, like, this is really awesome. You know, I love that this has happened. Thank you for your support. However, here's like a realistic breakdown of the best case scenario of how much money I can make from this. Yeah, It's a bit heartbreaking, that kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. I saw um, Snoop Dogg talking about it recently as well. There's that one video where he's like at a conference or something and he's saying like, these streaming executives need to sit down and explain this to me because two and two isn't adding up to four, you know? Yeah. Where is the money going? Yeah. yeah. So that kind of thing, being able to tangibly see where you're getting that support from yeah. uh, with, this, with physical releases seems, I don't know, I don't want to say easier because, you know, there, there were a, an entirely different set of challenges for like, yeah. old media uh, <clears throat> style of releases. 100%. But, but it is like, yeah, it's a definitely a lot. It's there for you to see yeah. and interact with, you know, whereas with streaming, it's a bit more mm. in the wind. Because the way that I viewed it is that the tables have turned, but in a way that where what was hard is now easy, mm. what was easy is now it's hard. Now, yeah. It's a lot easier to distribute your music. It's a yeah. lot easier to get your music out there lot harder to make money off it. Yeah. Whereas in the past, it used to be the other way around. If you, if you, it was very hard to get your music out because there were, you know, the only way to do it was to go through a label or go through some kind of distribution yeah. or, or know the stores of uh, what was there. There was sounds. There was, uh, do you remember the names yeah. of the like music dropping stores? dropping your stuff in directly. Yeah. 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 You, know, you could <laughs> walk in there. Yeah. Yeah. Other than that. But the money was good, you know? Yeah. One song was like seven dollars, and it's kind of it's interesting that the the same kind of uh, the same kind of problem you would face there, whereas you have to stand out and have a point of difference to be the one that breaks through the the demo section, is now kind of flipped in the streaming age where everyone can put their music out That's there. Right. So you've got to stand out and be the point of difference yeah. because the market is flooded. Sixty thousand plus on Spotify alone mm. every week. Yeah. Don't quote me on that, but it's a very, <laughs> but it'll be very something high crazy, number, yeah. a ridiculous number every week. Yeah. Yeah. It's easier than ever to make music and put it out there, Yeah, which means it's, you know, also kind of harder to be like, hey, look at my stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Stop looking at that guy's stuff. Look at my stuff. I guess, <laughs> well, know? I guess that yeah. was a good thing about with music and, you know, like when we were doing it, they had somebody to mediate that, like to, if that's the right word. Yes. Yeah. To go what the hell is this, like, go back to the drawing board or mm. go, this is great. Whereas now there's nobody. There's... Which is a good thing and a bad thing because yeah. it's, like, a lot less creative restriction. But it's also, like, yeah, ev everything's out there. Yeah, everything. Yeah. One thing hasn't changed, though. What's that? That's if you buy tickets to the show, yeah, you come right. to see the show. That's yeah. right. Which is why, yeah, that's why my biggest thing has always been performance yeah. Yeah. like because i get all the money from that and that hasn't changed that hasn't changed yeah. at all same, that's still the same it was the same when i was doing it as yeah. well that was the biggest income was was gigs yeah you put an album out but you pay for your promotional tour it started becoming that when when you hoped that your music reached the top you know 10 charts mm. because you could raise your fee because mm. that means that now you're in demand yeah and now you can tell the venues, I can pull an audience because look, I'm number one at the moment. Yeah. This is how much I'm charging. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's also what's uh, why your your faves concerts are so uh, expensive, folks. Is yeah. Because that's the difference that's between like, yeah. yeah, going to see like I don't know Led Zeppelin in the seventies or something, yeah. and you could go for like twenty bucks to see <laughs> yeah. like one of the biggest bands in the world. But now you know, with the income being mainly from you know that. tours and merch, yeah. uh, that's why those prices are up. And it's important for I guess aspiring artists to know that you have to work nine to five sometimes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I remember being number one in the country, performing to tens of thousands of people, getting off stage and then going, right, I've got to go back to work next week. Mm. Yeah. You know, that was a very real reality for artists, you know, and it still is. It still yeah. is, yep. yeah. To this day. And it's no shame in it. Like, I feel like people... Absolutely not. Yeah. You've got to live. You've exactly. Gotta, you know, I wish I could just walk into Pack and Save or whatever and just... You know, put my groceries on the belt and then just start singing a song. Like, <laughs> is that good enough? No, you want me to keep going? All right. Are we at time? Um, how, how much, much is it? Okay, how much more do I owe? Oh, yeah, is that an hour set? Okay, let's me let's keep going. People, are like, sorry guys, I'll be done in a second. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Like, but there's yeah. nothing like. I think that there's this element of like putting artists on like a pedestal. Mm. So especially now. Now more than ever, because of the so- social media, the internet, the internet, artists have like a parasocial relationship with their fans. Where basically the other way around, the, the sorry, fans the fans have, have a parasocial relationship yeah. with you as an artist, yeah, which just makes them think that they know you. Well, they're on, entitled to input about how you, you are and run your life. Yeah, yeah. Mm. but also it it's it has the opposite effect where the artist then thinks that they're somewhat above the audience member. When actually the truth of the fact of the matter is, is that person worked hard to pay tickets to come see True. your show. Yeah. Mm. And that's money that could have been spent on groceries, bills, yeah. rent. And that's a gift. You know yeah. what I mean? And I feel like people lose the beauty of like how yeah. important that is for somebody to do that yeah. for, for your music. That's such an important <laughs> one. Yeah. yeah. I've always, I've always thought of it that way as well. Like if everybody, you know, if, anybody who ever makes it like super famous or whatever that level of celebrity is, you know, the, the least you can do, right. Is for somebody who's spent money. Yeah. Check their hand. Yeah. Takes what? 30 seconds of your life Mm. to go. Thank you. Exactly. Appreciate it. Take a photo. Yeah. Cool. Here you go. Bye. And that's why working a nine to five is not bad because it's a job. Like doing music is a job. It's a, It's work. Like yeah. you're providing There's, a service, you're providing a product that for saying somebody. Of like if you do something you love, you'll never work a day in your life. I've it's always such found a lie. so yeah. like so dismissive. Yeah. Uh it's yeah, it's it's wrong because you know, you're doing what you love and you like don't get me wrong, you are very fortunate to be doing that, but you are still putting in a lot of work. Yeah. And it is like, you know, it's labor. It's labor. Exactly. Yeah. And so yeah, there's no shame in it. We're all, we all got to eat. So anyone who takes their money out of that to come and see you play, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> That's the greatest gift you can get. Yeah. And I guess that's one side that we as artists, we don't prepare ourselves for, right? This is mm. the stuff that we don't like. I call it mm. admin. Do, do you feel like it's gotten easier over the years or like? Well, yeah, I wouldn't have a clue how to do any of it without you guys. <laughs> yeah. So, like, yeah, definitely. It's still, like, it's still very hard and it's still the most, like, taxing part, I think. But, yeah, yeah I straight up wouldn't actually know how to do it without you guys. So, yeah. like, I, I've, I've got that leg up at least, you know. Yeah. yeah, I think as well you introduced us to all the people that we need to be speaking yeah. to. And it might not be that specific person that we need to be speaking to, but they might be a part of an organization that is like instrumental to making sure that you're paying the right people, the right things. I still use all the contacts that I got, you know, being here, like my band, I only, you know, know through someone I met working here. Shout out Mahani and the astronauts. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, I still email the same music distribution contact that you guys gave me when I want to put stuff out there. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's all just been insanely like valuable that's one thing that's important to have right is that community that supportive community absolutely to to help with those i guess those relationships and introductions Mm. to certain people right yeah and also warning yeah yeah about (laughs) yeah also yeah giving the heads up giving the heads up yeah and i guess that's something that you know i'd love to see you guys passing on you know whether it's 
in a platform like this or yeah. just even like another artist that, for example, at your gig, somebody goes, oh, I'm an aspiring blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You know? And then, well, not just immediately going, right, here's what you need to know, <laughs> but, you know, just offering yourself. Get ready. Yeah. Because that's kind of how we built our community. Was yeah. Just yeah. by building relationships with, with other people. They were organic um, relationships as well in terms of the way they grew as well. Yeah. How did you find out about Crescendo? Marcus actually came to my school. He came and spoke to our music class. And it was like back when I was mostly doing like indie rock band stuff. So me and my mate that I was in a band with, you know, we went and like, hey, we want to know more about this. You know, this sounds cool. Yeah, just having, you know, someone established in the industry come in and say, hey, this is, you know, what we've started putting together to help young aspiring artists was like, yes, please tell me more. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm down. So yeah, that was how I got into it. Just kind of blossomed from there, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So... I didn't know who the hell Ed Marcus was. <laughs> I was not a rock girl like growing up, so I didn't know anything about Blindspot. But I, I was studying uni, and so I was doing a Bachelor of Arts in screen production. I was looking for places to like just cut my teeth on the work and like get behind the camera, because at Auckland Uni you're not allowed to actually get behind a camera until your second year, and you have to like pass a certain paper in order to get into this course. And I was like, I'm not waiting. Like I want to. Get behind the camera now. Yeah. Who's yeah, got a camera? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, give it to me now. Um, so basically, my mum knew Elizabeth Powell, rest in peace, who was Marcus's sister. And she was like, oh, my brother's got this, this nonprofit that he's starting up and he, he needs some help, like some video work. So I was like, me, 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 me. <laughs> and then it took Marcus like four months to get back to me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then I like, but I like strong armed my way through <laughs> And came to Corbin yeah. Estates when you guys yeah. were still at Corbin Estates and did some work, did some like volunteer work, did my first music video ever for Gino, October. And then after that, Marcus was like, okay, sweet. She's proved herself. We'll check, yeah. her, we'll check her on the payroll. <laughs> so yeah, and then that's how I started, you know, doing work mm. for Crescendo. I just realized that's another crazy thing is that Crescendo is how I met Patsy. And yeah. We live together. Literally. Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Are you actually Yeah, we live yeah. together. I did not know that. Yeah. <laughs> that's wild. Well, you guys were just walking in and like seeing each other for the first time in ages. No, <laughs> no. Nah. I saw her this morning. <laughs> Classic. Oh, that's yeah. so cool. Oh, that's it's really interesting testament to when's the right time to do something and like studying, but then doing stuff while you're studying yeah. is like huge. Eh? Yeah. Just if you're ready, then just start doing things. I remember in my first year of uni, someone was there for about three months and dropped out yeah mm -hmm. and i was like what are you doing he's like oh i've got work as a sound designer and i was just like what is going <laughs> on like you just started don't you have to finish i think there's definitely credit in finishing and having the qualification yeah. now that i've got one but nothing beats just an opportunity at any time exactly so that's cool to hear yeah yeah or a connection eh? yeah and yeah. like there is no path so many times people tell me oh, but did you study music? But did you study music? And it's like, no. Yeah. And what now? You know? <laughs> so, yeah, there's no right path to do anything. It is whatever it is. And you get wherever you get because of where you came from. So, and I have my degree also. So, you know yeah, what I'm yeah. saying? Like, you can do both. You can do lots of different things. And it's all just... The creative, the creative field especially is such a weird one to apply that kind of logic to because it's like, yeah, I study music every day of my life. Yeah. Like when I put my headphones on and I listen to something, you know? Yeah. like When I pick up an instrument. Yeah. Yeah. For real. Like, like even just me noodling on a guitar at the shop that I've been working at for the past year has made me like a way better musician than I was before. Mm. There's not a correct way to do that, yeah. that kind of stuff. Uh, you can gain knowledge and develop your skills Mm -hmm. In so many different ways that to pretend that getting a piece of paper at the end of it that says you did this is yep. the only way to do it is like, well, no. But also there is a lot of merit in doing yeah, that as that well. that is important too. And there's, that shouldn't be like, like goes, neither is better or worse, right? Yeah, that goes yeah. both ways. There's no correct way to do it. So all, all avenues, learning. they can lead to wherever you need to be. Yeah. What's really cool, I'm sitting here thinking, they often talk about when two skills come together then you get a unique 
package, right? So it's yeah. always going like, oh, well, I'm good at this thing, I'm good at this thing, and then I'm going to create this, yeah. this mm. thing that no one else has. And I'm sitting there going, well, what a great combination for you. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right? We were talking I, about this I, earlier. I'm like, yeah. what, is, what is that degree plus starting music? <laughs> well, it makes a dope video yeah, and, and great imagery. Yeah. And now it makes sense. Like I was looking yeah. through, you know, some of your pictures and stuff that you've mm. taken. And me and Dave were talking about it going, oh, like, how does the image go from here to there? Like there's a lot of, and you're saying you got to do it all yourself. Like, yeah. Unless you get a stylist. Or I, remember, yeah. I remember it wasn't like, I hadn't known Putty for super long, but it was when uh, you released your like first video for Boy Who Cried Woman. Yeah. And I remember watching it with my mum and just both of us being like whoa <laughs> that's <laughs> like, it yeah. damn yeah that's right it's yeah. a video yeah and that's because of you know so that's why I, I say like there's no right way to do something but it's all it's all relevant everything is relevant everything is connected everything yeah. is important don't ever dismiss anything because yeah you never know when it's like i would have never known and then i got an award yeah Oh my yeah, first you did. single! You won an award like, for the for that video. For that video, like, well, a, it's a great video. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, and it's a it's one of the questions that I I wanted to ask about. Yeah. You know, that video was like a breath of fresh air. It was different. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, you know, I guess talk us through the imagery and what <laughs> you were trying to like. What story were you trying to tell in that? Yeah, in that video. So the single, I wrote it from this perspective of if Nafanoa. So we have this. There's a lot of debate around what she is, but this mythological character. Yeah. She's she's real. Yeah. But I'll just say character for now, just because some people say she's a goddess, some people say she's a warrior. I had this idea of like what would happen if she died and come back to life and seen like the state of where Pacific people are in New Zealand and what we've gone through. And so those images were born from that storyline. So yeah. it's just meant to be about pride in not just like when we're excelling but also in like the struggle and the the everyday things yeah. that we have to do to just like get through the sorry <laughs> sorry 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 just <laughs> that we have to do to just get through the day you know what I mean yeah. like we did like a Passover scene in a Brandy's Roast on yeah. Mangere Bridge yeah. <laughs> and even stuff like rugby you know we there's such a weird thing about Pacific boys and rugby like, mm. it's almost like, sorry, I, I'm, about, I'm about to talk my smack. <laughs> but like, <laughs> it's, it. it's almost like fetishizing. Like, I went to Kings and they literally called the boys that would get scholarships to play rugby imports. And it's just so demeaning. Like, it's everyday language like that that gets used in such a dehumanizing way against. Mm. And it's super normalized. It's so yeah. normalized. Like, like, it's mm. like, oh, yeah, I'm an import. You are oh, a they person. Call they call that. themselves the imports. Well, like, I was saying almost like it's a pride exactly. thing. Exactly. Like they paid money for me. Yeah. That's, that's mm. kind of whack. I've never thought about it yeah. like that. Yeah. And so it's just like there's this idea that they are super violent human beings in nature, which is why they do good on the rugby field. Yeah. Which is not actually the case. Like some people are naturally built and gifted for certain career pathways. That's yeah. just baseline. Yeah. But these boys were really groomed from like 14, 15. Like these mm -hmm. coaches were scouting kids at like year eight, mm. you know, and then built and grown into these people who think that's a, that's the only possible avenue for them because that's what's beneficial for these schools. And, and it's what's rugby expected is a, of them as well. That's yeah. what's expected yeah. of you. And so basically what I was trying to do with this video was just like shine a critical light on all of those ideas that are just constantly circulated and we just talk about as being like, Oh, that's just a part of being an Islander. No, somebody put that in the curriculum of being an Islander yeah. and nobody questioned it. And so that's what that idea was about, was like knowing how proud and how complex and multifaceted our cultures are yeah. when she had died and then come back to life now and seen it so narrow and so like small. I just wonder what she would have felt yeah. seeing that. So yeah, that's kind of what the music video was about. That was the storyline. So that's what each of those kind of vignettes, those little frames mm. and stuff are. So cool. <laughs> it is dope. Yeah. Thank you. And, and I guess the, you know, like there's some powerful images in there as well. Yeah. Like I'm not a video person or like, I just like, oh, that looks cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's about insanely well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Insanely well. And, and you won an award for it. Yeah. Like, so yeah, well, congratulations. Thank you. I know yeah. it's been a few years. Yeah. <laughs> and props to Shay, yeah. Shay Sterling for yeah. co-directing and Destiny Moisea for producing that. Cause yeah. yeah, that was village effort. 
one of the things that I want to talk about with you, Keegan, like, you know, you did start off doing like a lot of the indie rock stuff. Yeah. Tell us about your sound now. Well, sound is very different now. Well, the roots are still there. It's all been kind of shaped by all the music I've listened to my whole life. A lot of that was the like indie rock type stuff. But, you know, I also grew up with my dad listening to like Earth, Wind and Fire and stuff like that. So I and, and, you know, my mum was a punk rocker. You know, I've been surrounded by kind of a blend of music. After high school, I started doing a bit more of a deep dive into (laughs) funk music and that kind of stuff, Mm -hmm. uh, which I was getting really into. And I was getting really into Childish Gambino as well, who went from being a comedian actor to doing his rap thing. And then he mixed it up with like a real like funkadelic style album and stuff. That kind of multifaceted, like fluid man of every field type thing really kind of appealed to me. And yeah, it's kind of honed my focus, sorry, onto onto, um, mixing all those kinds of things into something a bit more distinctly uh, representative of me and yeah, the kind of artist I wanted to be. I've got Prince merch on now because that's he's he was kind of the master of that. I feel the like quintessential pop star, but also a musician's musician who basically played whatever genre he wanted. That kind of thing kind of appealed to me a lot because like I want to write a catchy ass pop song with nice synths, but I also want to rip a insane guitar solo. You know, like. It's all these kinds of things uh, not getting boxed into one kind of corner necessarily. So I would say I still definitely have those like rock roots. Foo Fighters is still one of my favorite bands. I'm going to their show next year. But I expanded my other interests and the other pieces or styles that have been instrumental in my life into my work now. Yeah, a very long-winded way of answering that question. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. And yeah, I suppose I'm thinking when you were saying that, has that ever challenged you in your direction? Have you ever heard anyone saying, you know, stick to a genre, do this, do that, or the people that you grew up listening to that you idolized? Mm-hmm. Was that enough to go? Those are the people want to be like. To be honest, the biggest challenge is when people go, "Oh, so what kind of music do you make?" And it's like, ah. Oh. How do I describe? How do I, yeah, how do I uh, <laughs> categorize this? It's a terrible question, but we all ask it, right? Yeah, because yeah, yeah. it's right. You, you want a frame of reference, um, and it's kind of a hard thing to boil down to. Um, but yeah, those influences were definitely enough for me to be like, no, yeah, that's what I'm going for. And also because a lot of my musical experience comes from playing in bands with my dad. He's been big on the covers scene in pubs for you know ages. Would play you know, every style of music from funk to rock to country, Mm. unfortunately. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Kidding. But so yeah, I started playing drums for them when I was old enough to get into a pub. And so, you know, just doing three-hour gigs going from, you know, all these genres helped me feel more comfortable with that kind of fluidity as well. There was a period going into it where the funk element was the main thing that I was keen on incorporating. And I did have When I was starting out, I was kind of unsure in myself about being able to do that style of music. I was like, I am a very, very pale boy. I don't know if if I have the right to be making this kind of music, frankly, you know. Dave helped me, you know, overcome that with... uh, I, I brought. Oh, shut up, just sing. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> shut up, just sing. Get over yourself. But also, like, uh, uh, I would take the bones of songs and mm-hmm. bring them to Dave, and we would kind of help embellish those elements because you've got a whole extensive library of musical references in the back of your head. You could be like, oh, do something like this and show me some song that I hadn't actually heard before. And I'd be like, yes, that's exactly what I'm going for. Yeah. You got it, my guy. That's so true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so that was really helpful in kind of getting me more confident in formulating that sound and figuring out what it was as well, because a lot of it was like throwing darts at a board and seeing what sticks, you know? Yeah. Well, not much has changed, really. I guess my process now is everything's intuitive. Sometimes I'll use a reference, but I use that little thing that I call building a kit, and then it becomes intuitive. It's like I either love it or I don't. Mm. You're really good at uh, learning what, people are looking for and giving them uh, kind of a frame of reference on how to best flourish. That. Well, I had a lot of you guys to thank for that. You know, before you, I was working with like on average maybe about 
10, 11, like, artists. Mm. But then when I started with Crescendo, that turned into 100. Yeah. Like, you know, 100 <laughs> quick, plus, eh? like, real quick. Yeah. So going back to what, what you guys were talking about, like, there's no path in terms of, like, the learning when it comes to music. And, like, that's literally how I, I learned was from doing it. Mm. Um, you know, I, I, never, I never actually studied. I saw a pathway. I wanted to be a, a producer when I discovered yeah. a video game. Yeah. You know? And then when I found out, hey, Nisha Mystic's going to be doing, you know, this thing. And I was like, that means we're going to studios, right? And yeah. So, so I bypassed everything and then I annoyed the hell out of the engineers and was just asking them questions. Talking Which you to should them. do, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, every, don't be afraid to ask questions. Oh, yeah. never be afraid, you know, on the stages, like doing all the gigs, I was there on the side of the stage, mm. like talking to the sound man. So when it comes to tech, I, I know all of that stuff yeah. because I, I would bug the hell out of them. You know, then I started recording our albums, not just right. producing them. I was doing all the engineering, mm. you know, so I was cutting my teeth again. And then, yeah, when I met you guys, it was um, went, like that really, really launched my skill set. Like wow. I was able to really mold who I am as an engineer, as a producer, you know, just kind of to cement that the pathway was was not your, yeah. your traditional pathway. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's still valid. Oh, yeah, 100%. But the only thing that I missed out on was the fundamentals well, what I call the fundamentals, and this is what comes from, I guess, the study part, like that took me years, 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 years to learn that, whereas it could have taken one. Mm. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, now you know it well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's ideas around that, eh? and I think if you overanalyze it to the point where you overthink what you don't have, it's like me talking to myself, right? And it's cool to explore every corner of what you might not know, you know, if like there's a big area and you're like, okay, I know there's this thing that you find out about, you need mm. to find out what it is. Mm, yeah. Okay. It's like really holding you back. But then when you hear, especially like, you know, your, your pure way of doing it, just diving in and doing what you can with what you have, you always meet these people, like all these like top musicians are always like, there's always something missing, yeah. but it's the confidence that they don't care yeah. about. They're like, I do this thing so well, yeah. you know, why am I going to spend my time doing that? Or like mm. the, the people that kind of yeah. burst through don't have a lack mentality. Yeah. Because if you have a, you know, lack mentality in a yeah. couple of areas, well, it's going to stop you from doing the thing that you're really, really good at, mm. Mm. which is quite fascinating because yeah. the... I'm like looking at the speakers and and the stereo like that that your stuff was mixed on, just yeah sitting behind us. <laughs> yeah, I've mixed albums on that thing. Wow. Yeah. yeah. For those of you who um, That's obviously you can't see it. It's a <laughs> yeah. it's a very 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 old 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 radio that has um it RCA has a tape inputs. deck. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's probably as old as me actually. Uh, probably mm. only a few years younger than me actually. It's retro. Yeah. 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 But that that's the original you know, monitoring that you were listening to. Uh. Yeah. But I learned what sounds good on that and what it's going to sound like when it leaves that room. Yeah. So this podcast is not about selling crescendo, right? But yeah. it's, it's talking to people but that thank are all... Yous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's hard not to because they almost go hand in hand. Yeah. Yeah. But the, the idea of what we're trying to do is build up a series or stories of real world situations yeah. and both of you are perfect to represent this stage of coming out. You know, you're, you're at the certain stage. We've interviewed other people that have been in the music industry for 40, 50 years doing the stuff successfully forever. And so we need these different, you know, little slices out of, out yeah. of everything. Mm -hmm. And it's really cool to hear what you guys are talking about and still going through these phases, right. Of going, well, now I've got this job. I've had like this amazing experience of being here and Crescendo yeah. has done its job and it's given you a launch pad. I'm just super interested to see what you both do going through this next transition because oh, like you too. guys, just, yeah. yeah, and, and realizing like yeah. how deep you are through the process yeah, and just looking back at it and it's like there's pretty deep roots you know, mm. for both use in the process. Yeah. And so talking about this is actually part of the process of, you know, hopefully mm -hmm. opening new veins and be able to talk about it and, and actually have someone sit down and talk to you both about your work and what you're doing and what yeah. direction it's going 100%. in, right? 
Yeah. So when we take the headphones off and we move on, we go, wow, that was cool. Like maybe, <laughs> maybe we should chat more about yeah. this kind of stuff yeah. and yeah. help each other. And that's what my point of that is just having a community and going somewhere where it kind of just pushes you to a new place. Yeah. You can do it on your own, but it's less fun. It's less fun. Because you don't fun. know what and you're going to I also find. feel like it's hard not to take inspiration from other people, you know, yeah. like in those communities. Like living with Putty has been like encouraging for me to like, yeah, I need to get my act together and pursue more music. Yeah, it's, you know, having those people in your life, interacting with them regularly. It's cool to see what people are up to and, you know, you can get little nuggets of inspiration from that. Yeah. Yeah, and and this is the value that we want to pass on with this mm. podcast. Yeah, because I love the way that you put it in terms of what your transition was like coming into being a singer. I guess the conversations that we've been having previously and future conversations that we will have are little bits and pieces that yeah. we want to be able to drop on. You know, like to to up and coming artists or those those who find value in our conversation. But you know, like having your you are the best people to talk to the audience that we're trying to. Because yeah. you're you're literally them. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's me. We are you. <laughs> so you know, like the value that you guys hold is like we're from a path, whereas you're on the pathway, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. So you know, like the value that you, you guys, guys are have. at the finish line, like. <laughs> well, is and it the finish like, line? <laughs> <laughs> we're at one of the finish lines. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know, yeah. so we're at one of the checkpoints. Mm, yeah, we say. yeah, checkpoints. You know, points. the the journey still continues. Yeah. Right. Yeah, go yeah. easy on them, Putsy. They, yeah. they still got some good years left. <laughs> oh, yeah. we, we talk to wow. each other and just go, wow, there's so many different things like yeah. that we haven't even touched on or 100%. started. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's really nice, like all these conversations we've, we've had, you know, like with everybody is that it's really nice to know that, like we know mm. that, but now people who listen to this know that too. Yeah, you're never, you've never really done it all, eh? Like never. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I think like even with like the most extreme examples of like the biggest pop stars in the world, yeah. like Taylor Swift doing her whole re-releasing her albums uh, with her, you know, her yeah. versions with yeah. Yeah. her rights to the masters. Even like you know Beyonce, who's been like one of the biggest stars for the past what two decades. Yeah, and her most recent album feels so like fresh and reimagined yeah there's always other stuff to do yeah that's the beauty of you know being in a creative field and, and and even down the um i guess the more the more objective path of music like the engineering side like, yeah i mean i've been doing production over 20 years i've been doing audio engineering probably about 15 16 years something like that still learning heaps today mm. like because it's constantly evolving there's, yeah so much new things that are that are coming out, new technology. There's so much more to learn. And yeah, do I feel like I know it all? Hell no. Like nowhere near. Yeah. There's so much more that I could learn. Yeah. That's the beauty. <laughs> yeah. We're well, all let's, students of life. <laughs> yeah, totally. We'll bring it into the now. What's the outlook for you at the moment? Mm. You know, going, because we were talking about, which is considered like a hard phase, right? When you're like, oh, I'm working. I don't have the energy. I don't yeah. have the creative thing. But that is a temporary cycle, yeah. Right, you'll you'll get to some point where it all starts kind of folding back in together, which is really interesting. Like when you're that deep in it, but yeah, yeah. What 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 do you want to do next? Well, because I have had the music on the back burner for a while while I was you know building up my collection of gear back essentially. So that's been you know kind of what I've been building towards during that time because i don't have recording software on my new laptop yet <laughs> um i've mostly just been writing songs in my head it's been all hypothetical <laughs> and doing a lot of planning i was talking to troy kingy once about one of his albums and the way he kind of planned it was he had a theme for it i was like a sci-fi theme and then he wrote the song titles and then kind of reverse engineered the songs from there which I thought was kind of an interesting experiment. So I've been kind of doing stuff like that. A lot of uh, dealing in the hypothetical of mm. songwriting. And yeah, so now I've built most of my gear back. I just need to, that's the next phase is kind of making those things an actuality. And, you know, working in a music shop every day, 
Sometimes you're like, okay, I've been surrounded by guitars and music all day. I just want to watch my YouTubes. Uh, yeah. But there's also a lot of inspiration to be yeah. gained from that. So it's, yeah, it's really valuable to have that kind of opportunity in your day-to-day life lead into your um, mm. your music yeah. that way. Yeah. Really interesting takeaway, you know, because yeah. sometimes you'd start to think that that wasn't amounting to anything, right? And that's why I wanted to dig into it. Yeah. Because I was like, there must be something cooking somewhere. And then when you don't have everything in front of you and, you know, it's not saying you need to get your gear stolen to look at things different, right? Because mm. that, that's not correct. But what came out of it is a whole other way of thinking about your music you know, making something out of that situation where if yeah. you were just in the same situation recording all the time, that idea maybe wouldn't have come out that yeah, way. Yeah, because that's, mm. that's what I was doing prior to that was I was doing a lot of dem- like home demos just to get all my ideas out. And I was doing a lot of those that I would have a song idea during the day at work, then I'd come home and I'd record it. And then obviously my laptop got stolen with my gear, so all those demos were gone on that. And uh, it's a lesson in backing your stuff up to the cloud, children. Uh, Do that, because otherwise you will lose all of it. Yeah. (laughs) And getting short. (laughs) But yeah, so that was kind of an interesting challenge to kind of uh, have to reframe that as like, I'll quickly record a bass line on like the terrible voice notes app on my phone at work. And you can hear like a customer in the background and then, you know, just sort of rather than being able to work on it through the software to kind of have to build that in your mind. Like, you know, those Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes films when he sees all the numbers and shit. Yeah, it's totally, (laughs) totally possible. Right. And there's a lot of students and, you know, mentees that come through here, which have never seen gear before or had gear. Right. Mm. And. Of course, it's much easier clients to get too. yeah clients, <laughs> you know, to yeah. to get a mic and do that kind of thing. But I think it's a really good message to put out there that you can build your musicality with anything, anything, yeah, yeah. All you need is you, baby. Yeah. All you need is you. Yeah, it's really <laughs> cool. And how about you? You're you've got gigs yes. coming up. Yes, my next gig is August twenty fifth at Cassette Nine. And then I have one literally every month. Let's go. Actually, no, sorry. I wasn't supposed to say that. <laughs> Let's not go. I... <laughs> well, don't worry. When this comes uh, out, it'll probably be uh, okay. like, it'd be gone. Yeah, yeah. Probably. Yeah. So yeah, I have a gig coming up on August 25th. And basically, I've got a whole body of work coming out. Mixtape. Singles are being released like once a month. So it's all kind of. It's all bangers. It's all going. Yeah. It's all just on, on its way. And I'm like, ah. I'm yeah. trying to just keep up with the wagon, really. Yeah. Do your video ideas and your music ideas go hand in hand? So the music, even when I was in uni, a lot of my video ideas spurred from music. So I'd be on the train listening to something and I'd be like, oh my God, that'd be such a mean music video idea. And then keep that down. And then, do you know, October's video happened and yeah, <laughs> yeah. I spent half of them on that. But this next body of work doesn't really have any visual ideas behind it yet. Just because my main focus from this point forward is just to kind of let the music speak for itself. I feel like I'm at a point now where my visual skills are like really up to scratch. Like they're quite articulate. I'm I'm very good at showing. But my lecturer always used to say, show, don't tell. <laughs> and I feel like for me to use visuals with this new body of work in such a way as kind of telling, not really letting the music show the the audience the, the path the way forward. Mm. So Wow. Yeah. Mm. Was that hard to digest? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause I'm like, oh my gosh, if they don't get it, then they're not gonna get it. And like I can't I can't do anything about that. You know, yeah. like I can't like make a music video to like make them get the concept. Like they just have to listen to it. And if they get it, then they get it. And if they don't, then they just kind of don't. Yeah. So but I just this this has been a process of like Putty, you've worked really hard on your music. A lot of people have worked really hard on your music and like you just need to trust that it's good enough and like that's enough. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's me at the moment is just like <laughs> it's above oh, me yeah. now. It's up to God. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. It's the, up to God and, and, and the, DRM. The benefit of flatting with Putty is I get to see these tracks before they come out. Yeah. And uh, you guys are not ready. It's they're, they're bangers. <laughs> 
There's, they're going to yep. take uh, take TikTok by storm. Oh, some of them go. are very inappropriate. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> but yeah. shake it up. Yeah, yeah. got to shake it so up somehow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, that's also inspiring for people to realize. Eh? Yeah. yeah. Um, going back to, uh, I guess, me, you know, like mentioning that user perfect for, you know, like the audience we're trying to target. We've been prompting a lot of the questions and the answers, you know, whatever, because we ask the questions. Yeah. Do you feel like there's questions that we're not asking? You know, like oh, for young audience people, for people in our shoes. It's it's actually not just the young audience. It's for it's, any anybody that's doing music. Yeah, we just happen to be you know from a, a mentee basis, but we also right. work commercially with yeah. with anybody. So it's it's for anyone, um, or just things that you find interesting that mm, you think people should look into. It's almost like a if you could like you know like download your brain to the past. You know, it's like what what, what is would that? I want that person? What would you to know? want that person to know? Like like Putty, we had um we were having conversations about venues. Oh my god, you know? yes. Um, you know, so do you want to share some insight yeah. about that? So oh actually this is my number one thing that I wish I had thought about when I was younger. Your market might not be in Auckland. Yeah. Your market might actually not be in New Zealand. Yeah. You're not a weirdo. You're not that different, really. There's 7 billion people on this earth. There's probably somebody making very similar music to you. Mm. So maybe point. the question is not, I'm making the wrong type of music. Maybe the question is, my people that will listen to my music are not living here. So where are they living? Mm -hmm. And like, that's the biggest question that I have been asking myself recently. Yep. Um, especially seeing a lot of fellow artists kind of go off to other countries and try other, you know, try to, get their feet off the ground in other different markets. Mm. Another thing I would say is tall poppy syndrome is so real. Like, mm. especially in New small Zealand. Town. Small, small town. Small town, yeah. 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 It's still small town. And it's not a big deal. Like, you know, it's, I think people talk about it like, oh, it's so annoying and it's so like, you know, very dramatic. But if you think about it, this is a safe country. Like we're big on safety. I come from a marketing background. So like one of our biggest values is evolution, not revolution. We don't go through big bouts of change. We're not like pushing, even in politics. That's just the way that New Zealand is. And so that's why I say again, if you are experiencing that, don't take it personally. Take it as a sign that maybe this is not where you're meant to be. Like mm -hmm. you could, you might be meant to be somewhere else. Yeah. And um, honestly, tall poppy syndrome is a blessing in disguise because it's just a sign that like they don't get it. And if they don't get it, then it's not for them. It's for somebody else. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's the biggest thing I would love to say to young. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I reckon that's really that's, cool. That's massive. Yeah, and it's always been like that. Exactly. Yeah. You know, like I've I've been in conversations with people who've been doing it for longer than me, and mm. they'll tell you the exact same thing. Yeah. I actually know electronic DJs. Yeah. And electronic producers or you know, people who make electronic music, who were like, "Our market's not here." Yeah. But and they you know, never perform and, and here. They never perform yeah, here. and you're like, what? You're from yeah. Auckland? Or, and yeah. it's crazy. But they're huge over in Europe. Mm. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. and know? we yeah. don't even know who they are. We don't know who they are. Like, and they yeah. don't care. Yeah, yeah. That's and that's not a bad thing. Yeah. You no. can if that's who you like, are. Too small. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And if you yeah. and if that's who you are, imagine the privilege of being able to go overseas and get that star-like experience yeah, yeah. and then come back home and be treated like a normal person, yeah. like yeah. a normal person walking down the street. Yep. There's nothing wrong with that. Like yeah. that's, mm -hmm. there's that's awesome. blessings and W's everywhere. You just yeah. got to look for them. And yeah. if it's for you, then it's for you. If it's not, then it's not. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. kind of my, yeah, that's what I would say. And listen to the people <laughs> around you. They know, like, especially like if I had not listened to you about, yeah, you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know where I would be right now. Yeah. I could be locked in a sunset clause. So yeah, yeah. and read your contracts and get a lawyer yeah. and an accountant and a bookkeeper. There you go. And buy zero. <laughs> Learn zero. <laughs> or Henry. <laughs> For or Henry. Or Henry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Zero like, is expensive. Exactly. Yeah. Tax. Yeah. yeah. Money. Read. Read. Money read. Read. Yeah. yeah. If you're making yeah. enough money, get zero. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what I would say. Cool. Yeah, my thing would be to my younger self. Ensure your instruments. <laughs> <laughs> Straight up, eh? Straight up. 100%. Oh. Because you never think it's going to happen. Even the backup. Oh. Yeah. yeah. I have like, backups, like multiple backups. Yeah. 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 That's, oh, a, that's a hard learned lesson. Yeah. Oh, um, damn. Other than that, I think it's just like, don't be afraid to just ask 
when you're clueless. Yeah. Which for me is a lot of the time. Yeah. Like I'm very technically illiterate, Dave yeah. knows. And so when I would come yeah. into the studio, I'd be like, what's that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what What do this bar mean? And uh, that's okay. Yeah. You know, I don't know why people are so fearful of like, you know, Looking like not stupid. knowing something or being, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like if I threw you into a cave, like in Egypt and pointed at a wall at hieroglyphics and said, translate that right now, you know, would you feel stupid for not knowing that? Yeah. You know, it's like, why do you feel that in your own industry? Mm. You know? Yeah. That's exactly what looking yeah. at software is. That's what right? software is. That's exactly <laughs> what software is. It's and like looking at nothing French, wrong eh? with that. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, you know, sometimes our brains just aren't wired for that shit. Yeah. You know? I did one year of a communications degree, which is like known for being an easy degree. And I dropped out because it was too much for me. Like I looked, I looked at the video editing software and I actually saw Putsy using it the other day and it, it gave me flashbacks. It gave me like <laughs> oh, <no>. Vietnam flashbacks. <laughs> it triggered me. <laughs> that was, yeah, that was what killed my uh, academic career. <laughs> mm. Actually, that's another thing I wanted to talk about. Those kind of things are really important as well. It, it kind of circles back to what we were talking about when you notice the the switch of knowing this is what you want to do. This is kind of like a reverse of that situation where I was like, what I want to do is music, but, you know, realistically, I might need to think about doing something else. And so I was like, well, I really like television and uh, I really like kind of interviewers and like talk show hosts. Mm. So I was like, something like that would be kind of cool, which in hindsight is Possibly even more of an insane career choice than musician. Like that's going to be even harder. You don't. You want to be the next Conan O'Brien? Come on, man. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I was like, I'll do a communications degree. It wasn't the right path for me, which kind of reoriented me back to music. Mm. So you know that was a bit of an L, but it was like, it was you know that was the right Learning. thing to learn. Yeah. yeah, that was the right thing to learn. Like, okay, what I need to do is I need to get myself a job so I can you know feed myself <laughs> and uh, then, you know, properly put my head down and pursue this music thing. And, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm still working on that, but yeah. uh, that was that was the right learning curve, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Big lessons in there as well. Yeah. I think just even any job, you know, like I often talk to engineers that were sent through, you know, just CVs and resumes and stuff like that. And I'm like, have you worked? Mm. You know, like... You're saying you can mix, master, do all of these things. And that's not to discourage people that could go straight to it. Yeah. But work of any, you know. Any kind as well. Any, any kind, any yeah. kind where you have to turn up and you yeah. get paid and you basically do a good job or not, yeah. you know, to survive, all translates to the music industry. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, Being go, go and work. Yeah. You know? Be on time to your yeah, sound yeah. check. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's another one. <laughs> totally. Be on time yeah. to your sound check. Treat yeah. the engineers nicely. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Oh, wow. Especially live. Yeah. They're the ones the fixing you. Exactly. Yeah. You want to yeah. sell like crap? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Be nice to the sound guy. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you very much. Yeah. Of thank course. you for having Absolutely. us. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much for coming. It's yeah. Been, it's been awesome. This is a selfish catch up for me. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, yeah. such a good update. It's really inspiring hearing yeah. what you've both been doing. Thank you. Yeah. Tell us how we can keep in touch with you. Oh, you can keep in touch with me on Instagram at putty.af with two eyes, on Twitter at it's putty baby. <laughs> and on YouTube as Putty AF and Facebook as Putty AF. That's me, pretty much. Yeah. And on Spotify as those things as well. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I think all my all my social handles are just at Velveteen Shakes. That's how you can keep in touch with me. I'm on what Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or whatever Twitter is now. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> and yeah, whatever. Spotify and uh, look out for a show because. Uh, We'll uh, we'll give you a good time. Yeah, sweet. Thank you very much. Thank, Thank you for you. having us. You have been listening to the Way Through by Crescendo Studio. Your hosts were Reese Muir and David Arthur. Sound design and engineering by Reese Muir. Produced by Joanne Luxton. Crescendo Studio offers music, audiobook, and podcast production. And all proceeds fund youth music mentoring programs. 